This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Harvey, I'm not trying to attack you here, okay? I'm struggling with something. I just, I'm trying to get your take on it. And I'm not trying to be defensive. I'm just telling you, I don't know everything about everything. Look, Mike, you want to know how to be a lawyer? I'm your man. You want to know how to deal with love? That's not my area. There's coffee made and bagels in the fridge. Why don't you take the morning off? I got the deposition. I'm gonna go. Suits! Season 3, episode 10 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about stay, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestradino, back here with a guy who never takes a 77-minute break from podcasting. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, we did it. It's the mid-season finale. Yes, we did another it. mid-season finale here as we reach a little bit of a break. Not for us. We'll be back tomorrow with episode 11 from season three. But in the real time, it's going to be a couple months before people find out what goes on and just how screwed Mike Ross is after Lewis Litt ends up finding that he has no file at Sheila's ass's office. Yeah, Ooh, this is tough. I uh, I feel like this isn't though. Like this this is not the the nail in the coffin, right? I I feel like I feel like not having a file in there is very damning. But mm-hmm. I think Mike Ross has gotten away with some closer calls. Lewis has seen him at Harvard events. He knows he works at Pearson Hardman. Uh, there's probably a ton of reasons why. If even if Lewis was suspicious, Mike Ross has done a good job of kind of just being in spaces where. You only would be in, you know, surrounded by these people in these events at these, uh, like at this firm if you went to Harvard. But if Lewis has the question, Sheila's asses, uh, you know, pro- like professionalism versus Mike Ross's story. I think Sheila's ass makes a good point for herself. You know, uh, this woman doesn't seem like she makes a lot of mistakes, and so right. if Mike Ross doesn't have a file, I'd be willing to say. This could be pretty bad for him. It's almost wild to think that she, this would not have come up earlier of like, tell me about Mike Ross. Uh, What was it like placing him? If Sheila does like place like every one of the Mm -hmm. associates from Harvard to like, if she's like the bridge from Harvard to Pearson Hardman, like it's, it's wild to think that this has not come up before with all of their conversations, especially considering she has files on Harvey Specter. And so It is a little bit, you know, odd that they never talked about it before, but it does feel like that I don't know how Mike is going to get out of this other than like doctoring up a file. And even if he did, Sheila's like, that's that's not new or that's like I I would have known about this before. There's that person doesn't exist. I think the one benefit we have is that uh, Sheila's ass specifically told Lewis, do not touch the files. Whatever you do. 
I'm not, a, I'm about to go talk to my mom. I'm leaving you here. But no matter what, you cannot do that. Like she, she is strictly forbid, forbid it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, all right, screw it. I got to do it because I'm Lewis. And he did. But now he can't cross-reference, right? He can't go to Sheila's ass and be like, so uh, any chance you left the Mike Ross file out? Because you're going to be like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? You know, yeah. and, and he just made it uh, official in this episode that they were going to be exclusive. So I think that right now, yeah, this is where he's the one who's going to have to start his own independent witch hunt because Sheila's ass can't help him with this one. Tonally, this felt similar to something else and I'm wondering if there was any influence. So it's something else from 2013. Uh, permission to spoil Breaking Bad? Uh, I think right now we are we are knee deep in the spoiler zone. I think uh, if you are listening to this and you are watching Breaking Bad, you haven't seen it, yeah. or um, or you are going to watch it soon and you don't want to hear this. Fast forward about a minute. Okay, that to me it felt like, the, and this was again the last scene of another mid season mm-hmm. finale of when. Uh, Hank is like with with uh, our beloved Daniel Hardman uh, ends mm-hmm. up uh, finding the the book that he gave to Walter White uh, in the mm-hmm. bathroom uh, and and the inscription and Hank is on the toilet and opens up and reads it. It's like, wait, hold on. And that's, you know, the midseason finale for the final season of Breaking Bad. That's also earlier in 2013. So. I think that this is uh, this is uh, this episode aired in September of 2013, which is the same uh, month that the finale of uh, Breaking Bad airs. This is as close as we have gotten to 10 years exactly from when we're recording this two suits. And then there'll be less than 10 years when we come back from the midseason break. But that's what it kind of felt like a little bit to me, like somebody has discovered the big person's secret of, oh, like this is huge. Yes. And, you know, some more symmetry. I think this is when I discovered post-show recaps because I remember listening to, uh, I was, you, was it you and Antonio and Josh? Maybe? We actually did it on was- RHAP. This predates post-show recaps. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So do I. So that's why I remember it because I, I wasn't, uh, I was like, I don't, I don't think I jumped into post-show recaps. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, I jumped into post-show recaps, I want to say, around the Game of Thrones coverage or something. I don't know. But I definitely remember hearing you talk about this uh, this moment. And then I remember the break because, you, like you said, it was a f- uh, mid-season finale. Uh, and so, yeah, I remember this vividly. And I think this did give me the same vibes of like, oh, no, what's about to happen? But I do think the Hank and Walter moment, I think that one was more... Listen, it's the final season. There's, uh, you know, this was the last straw that we needed. This was the last piece of the puzzle. Whereas this kind of feels like the beginning of Lewis's mm-hmm. real hunt. You know, yeah. Hank had been searching for Heisenberg for so long um, that when this happened, it was like, oh, yeah, now we're about to get into it. We got, what, eight episodes left and it's about to be ridiculous. Right. But here we're season three of nine uh, Lewis yeah. is getting this information. I think we're about to have a party. Yeah, I just think similarly, it's like a character finds out like a p- crucial piece of evidence, like uh, mm-hmm. find something. It's like, okay, gotcha. Like it's a little bit of uh, that type of thing. Okay, and let's talk about what's going on here in this episode. So we have the Lewis situation, which turns up to be, you know, the cliffhanger, but it's the return of your guy, Travis Tanner. I knew he was coming back because the moment they said, and I and I hate that I didn't mention this yesterday when we talked about it on the podcast, but the moment they said Ava is filing a lawsuit, I thought to myself, 
Well, which lawyer could she possibly use? <laughs> There's only two Dan- other lawyers she could go only to. Only two other lawyers she could go to, Daniel Hardman or Travis Tanner, and it had to be Travis Tanner. I was very excited to see Travis Tanner here because although I hate him, he is such a ridiculous foil for Harvey. He never stops coming back. You call him what you want to. I think I mentioned I called him Moriarty one time. Mm-hmm. He could be Team Rocket, whatever the case may be. This man is showing up for his uh, quarterly ass whooping from Harvey uh, Specter, and I love it every so time. This is what's going to happen when Travis Tanner shows up on Suits. It's kind of like a little bit like the vibes of like the uh, 90 Day Fiance reunion special of that. He's going to get everybody on the panel. And then he's mm-hmm. going to ask them all of like the hard hitting audience questions of like, uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Dana Scott, it says here you're in love with Harvey and uh, you're obsessed <laughs> with him and you keep coming back. Is this true or false? Like, right. Well, uh, Travis, well, <laughs> Travis Tanner knows actually no information about any case at all. <laughs> all he knows is these people's personal lives. He is sitting at home. <laughs> he's been watching, watching three seasons. Right. Of yeah, <laughs> exactly. He watches the episode and be like, oh, damn, he, Harvey. Harvey didn't even say I love you back to Scotty. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Write that down for the reunion. And so, yeah, whenever he's like, I got to do a deposition, everybody rolls their eyes because they all know that what's about to happen. He's not going to ask them one thing about the case. He's going to come in and say, so Dana Scott, when, uh, when you cheated on your fiance, was it specifically to get Harvey to tell you he loved him? And how did you feel Mm -hmm. when he didn't say it back? Could you answer that question? Like quickly. Uh, And everybody uh, else. Yeah, go ahead. You're planning a coup against Jessica yet. You have come back (laughs) and now are working with her. Uh, you just, uh, got over it or does this have anything to do with, uh, your mother issues? Right. So Oedipus complex. Let's talk about it. You know, like, whoa, he just he doesn't have any information. He's just here to sling mud. But isn't that fun? You know, uh, because it's not it's not even about the person who's he, who he's deposing. It's about the people around them mm-hmm. trying not to dive across the table and punch him in the face as well. So he's like, so, Scotty, uh, you're in love with Harvey, who cannot physically love you back uh, because he's damaged. Jessica, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Jessica's like, what? <laughs> um, what are you talking about? Harvey's like, leave her alone. And that like, OK, I guess I'll get back on you, mommy issues. Like every time he's like, boom, boom, boom. People are catching strays. I, I don't know. I kind of love this guy. Yeah, I like it too. We love the mess. So uh, keep bringing Travis Tanner back and, you know, hopefully there'll be more things for him to come in. I mean, basically, like, yeah, he should host the reunion show at the end of each season. Like, come in and like, uh, all right, this season, uh, let's bring out Rachel's dad. It's Robert Zane. Come on out. Robert Zane runs out throwing out the middle finger to people like boom 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 like whatever whatever I do what I want you know <laughs> Travis Tanner is the GOAT I mean it, it, I'm serious every when when Ava said when they was like oh yeah Ava's gonna uh, be filing a lawsuit I was like and here comes Travis Tanner mm-hmm. <laughs> he's ready mm-hmm. yes yeah uh, Robert Zane did you know that your future son-in-law is lying about going to Harvard he did what what? It's crazy. That's Travis Tanner. Yeah. All right. So Travis Tanner is here and now he is representing Ava Hessington because she is mad at everybody. And ultimately, we're going to have to have Ava Hessington get turned around by saying, hey, you're not mad at us. It's Darby you're mad at. Come on. Come on. Come on. What's going on? And she's just like, I know, but I want to sue you so bad. Look how y'all screwed this up. And they're like, yeah, but if you sue us, like we can't, we can't get the guy who actually did the stuff. Don't you want to get him? She's like, I want to get you. This mm-hmm. is your fault. 
She tells Harvey, if it wasn't for Cam- your beef with Cameron Dennis, I wouldn't even be in this situation. I'm like, yes, but also if your your uh, your dad's boyfriend wasn't out here sanctioning hits on people, we also wouldn't be in this position. You know what I'm saying? If he wasn't trying to cover this up, there are plenty of other people who could take the blame for this before it got to Ava Hess. I mean, before Ava Hessington got to Harvey. Uh, matter of fact, Edward Darby sent you to Harvey in the first place. So look, yeah. we could backtrack as much as we want, but you're really misplacing your anger here. Let's just kind of refocus that. Yep. On, on what really matters. And so that's what they end up doing. Chappelle, okay, let me ask you, is this the end for Ava Hessington? Okay? 10 episodes on Ava Hessington. Is this it? Do we come back? Is Hessington Oil back in season three? Can't be. Can't be, right? But also can be. <laughs> like, yeah. The way I think we've she's done. It. I think that we're, this is the end of seeing Ava Hessington until she comes back for some other case in season four. No disrespect, but what else Gatlin got going on right now? You know, I guess she could come back. Uh, she can come back, but I feel like the story has kind of run its course. But the other part of it was, okay, Dana Scott is back. And Dana Scott is where Harvey has to kind of protect her. Travis Tanner is going to run her name through the mud just to hurt Harvey. And ultimately, we get where Harvey is going to defend Dana Scott, but in an episode where our protagonists are having a lot of relationship issues, Harvey tells Dana Scott he wants her to stay at the end of the episode. I want you to be in my life is what this man says to her. And that's all she's been begging for. I mean, at the beginning of the episode, he comes in, he's like, Scotty, I'm so sorry. I didn't believe you. You were telling the truth. But just because I was wrong about you betraying me doesn't mean I was wrong for thinking you could possibly betray me. It's like, yeah, wow, on, damn. Wow. I'm going to write that really? down. Really? Like, yeah. Right. Like, just because I was sure. wrong doesn't mean that it wasn't still uh, yeah. a, a good a thought, a possibility <laughs> right. you could have done that. Was I wrong for saying it? Yes. Was I wrong for thinking it? Mm-hmm. I mean, who could fault me? Who could <laughs> fault me? Yeah. And so they go from that to the very end of the episode where Dennis guy is basically begging Harvey to just say the words. Just say the word. Harvey's like, man, Scotty, damn, you know, like, bruh, like, are you really finna leave? She's like, yes, I'm leaving because you don't want me here. He's like, man, quit playing. You you know what's up. She's like, no, I don't mm-hmm. say what's up. He's like, I like you a lot. Like, what? What's that, Harvey? Mm-hmm. I like you a lot. It sounds yeah. like you love me. No, no, I just want you in my life so bad. I, I It hurt me watching him depose you and, yeah. feel, and, and hurt your feelings. So, Scotty, I've said this before. Is this really what you want? Is this how you want yeah. it as well? You want to have to like pull this man's emotion out of him through like gritted teeth? Chappelle, what is Harvey proposing? Uh, not that he's proposing uh, marriage. Um, does he want her to work at Pearson Spectre or does he want a relationship with her? Or is yes. it both? Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. So want a relationship with her is is strong. I don't think he wants a relationship with her. I think that he wants her to work there. Now, can he be in a relationship with her? Yeah, he's like, I can do that, but I really don't want to lose her. That's I think it's less about needing her in his life and more about her not being able to leave him uh, because this is not like Mike Ross. Throughout this episode, we see Mike Ross basically begging Rachel not to move. I mean, they're still going to be together. 
they're still going to date. They're still going to have this uh, whirlwind romance or whatever the case may be in this in this law firm or whatever. I don't know what he thinks is about to happen with her moving across the country. But they never talk about breaking up. Harvey is not fighting for a relationship with Scotty. Mm-hmm. By the end, Scotty's like, I'm leaving. Anything you want to say to stop me from going out the door? And he's just like, want a job? She's like, nope, not, don't really want a job. I mean, it'd be nice, but I kind of want something else. He's like, you want, you want money? Mm-hmm. Like, nope, nope, not that. So eventually he's like, relationship? She's like, yep, that's the one. So I think that he's just going to offer her a job and also deal with the relationship portion. But I think if he, if he had his druthers, he would not have had to say those uh, hard words to say. All right. We also have another big, big relationship episode here uh, with Mike and Rachel also. Now, the interesting thing that comes up in this episode was that Jessica has a conversation with Donna and is asking about all of the mess, all of the gossip. Okay, this is, you know, like uh, the, you know, the kinds of conversations you have like late night talking on the phone with people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, listen. Anytime someone calls me, I got the tea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm tapped in. Yeah. I like because I because I listen. I love some exciting stories. Yeah, I'm and, Chappelle. Uh, it's like I'm Donna. Stuff. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's. <laughs> it, yeah. Basically. And so Jessica comes in. She's looking for Harvey, and Donna says, "Oh no, he's not in there." But I could take a message. And she's like, "Oh well, since you want to take a message, you hear about so and so and uh, what's mm-hmm. her name? They out here still do it." Donna's like, "Bitch, let's talk." You know, like mm-hmm. Donna leans up, she like grabs her cup, like <laughs> Jessica, baby, you don't know the half of it. Uh, and so they start to get into it. And so Jessica's like, Well, since you know everything, Donna, which you know, name and title, um, tell me about Mike Ross and Rachel, how long they've been together. Don't you lie? And Donna's like, mm-hmm. they've been together for a few weeks, a couple months, something like that. Mm-hmm. And Jessica says, Oh, so so you agree? She did t- he he she knows the secret. Donna's like, ah, Look, ain't none of my business. And so at that point, Jessica, I've heard enough. And so she has to go and figure out why Rachel Zane, Robert Zane's uh, daughter, knows her damn business. And what she comes up with is, okay, if that's the case, then she needs to sign this affidavit right here saying, yes, she does know that this man is a fraud. And so that anything that happens to us happens to her, too, if she run her mouth. Chappelle, isn't this Mike and Rachel's own fault where as of late, haven't they been like, Hey, we're dating and we don't care who knows it. Us against the world. It's us against the world. Right. Right. Like at one point they were like hiding the secret and then they just were like, you know what? Like, let's just blatantly be out there. I mean, everybody, everybody knew about this. And I think they even stopped trying to hide it. No, they'd be kissing in the office. All this close talking and stuff like that. Uh, anybody who's listening to this who's ever worked in an office building, y'all know what it look like. Y'all know what it be like. There are people who step by the desk and kind of kick it for a little bit longer than everybody else. You got the work wife, work husband relationships that have been going on since the beginning of times. All those things exist. But you know, or at least the streets be knowing when it doing it tiptoes into something a little bit more serious, right? Rachel Zane is always in Mike Ross business and vice versa. You you think these people didn't have jobs sometime. And then, you know, they're constantly kissing and talking about like, oh, I just don't know what we're going to do as a couple. And this is somebody who famously does not date people in the office. So it's very clear that something has mm-hmm. changed. And so, yeah, for them to think Jessica wouldn't find out when they're not hiding it at all, it's a bit obtuse. The whole Mike Ross thing where when Suits started, it was like, okay, he was lying about his past, whatever. He's going to go work at the law firm. But, 
you know, for Jessica to think that they're going to be able to get away with this and like get more people involved with this, like maybe like at a normal law firm where you're doing like normal legal work, like, yeah, this wouldn't be a problem. But in the world of suits, Every op, uh, every opposition is doing like going back into everybody's past and like bringing up in depositions. Like, uh, did you know Harvey Specter uh, got drunk at a high school party once? Like, everybody is like doing all this like oppo research on everybody. For Jessica to think that you know they're not eventually going to get busted on this is like a major miscalculation on her part. Yeah, all these background checks that people are doing on their own is really just it, it helps us I mean, understand the show a lot better. How has Travis Tanner not come up with this yet? That's the thing. Travis Tanner is next on the list. You know he is because <laughs> remember he was the one who showed up like Harvey. Remember that time you missed the state game and mm-hmm. uh, and 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 then uh, two seasons later we hear Ava Hesington like Harvey. Remember that time you 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 stole a pitcher's girlfriend and that's why you missed the state game. Yeah, I was like. If well, that could go in back fairness, to this man's- he told uh, he told Ava Hessington that when he showed up, he's like, "Listen, yeah, she knew that. She knew it first. I'm telling you, she came in with the receipts, Rob. She was like, you're the guy who missed the state game because you were with the pitcher. She brought it up twice. Um, and so if they can get that information, mm-hmm. one day someone's going to say, Mike Ross, when did you go to school and where and how? Explain. Show us that. Uh, because there, there's even a funny moment in this episode where Mike and Harvey are kind of ribbing each other about Harvey's uh, inability to be in a relationship. And Mike says, yeah, because you never emotionally graduated from high school, you know, uh, from high school. Like you're still moving around like, you know, the the quarterbacks are asking out the cheerleaders and stuff like that. Those are the references you're making. And Harvey goes, oh, that's funny because you've never graduated from anything but high school. And he just says it in the mm-hmm. office. If I'm if I'm walking by, I'm like, hmm? You know, yeah. like uh, Messi Chappelle, shit, Messi Donna. We mm-hmm. we <laughs> we got the intercom button press. Like, excuse me, what do you mean you didn't graduate from high school? Um, so yeah, I think this is. I've been saying this since day one. They're not doing a good job of keeping this secret at all. This is a uh, what up to like eight people I think that know Mike Ross's secret. Are we counting Lewis? Uh, uh not yet. I yeah. don't think. Like I said, I think this is a this is one of those breadcrumbs. But I just for me, it felt like it should be bigger. But we just know that. Lewis doesn't have like any other like concrete evidence to go off of. But I do think this is the thing that sends him down that path. Um, but yeah, uh, the mess is out there. Travis Tanner uh, doesn't seem to know it yet, but we be sh- I'd be shocked if he doesn't know it soon. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to Jessica going to Mike's apartment to uh, have Robert Zane's daughter sign this affidavit. Uh, I really, I like this story. You, um, I do too. I like it because one, it's what Jessica should be doing. Yeah. If Mike and if Mike and Rachel break up and Rachel's like, I hate you, you fraud, kind of like Jenny and Trevor basically did him, then yeah, this is like Rachel, okay, well, we're if I ain't working in law, none of us are. Nobody is. We're all going down together. Um, because you were there, you were complicit, you were accessory, or whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, you should be signing this. My thing was Mike Ross saw this ha- this maneuver that Jessica pulled and said, wait. Does that mean you 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 won't get to be in Columbia? You got to move? I was like, mm-hmm. wait, how do we get there? That's not the issue here. <laughs> She's saying protect yourself. And Mike's like, but that means you're moving to California. I was like, yeah, sure, Mike. Fine. Make this about you. I mean, it don't, it definitely is about you. But in this moment, this is Jessica trying to protect her firm from the outside threat, who is Rachel Zane. And the only reason she's an outside threat is because Rachel and Mike couldn't keep it in their pants. <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's talk about the Mike and Rachel of this all. And I have to say, like, you know, I don't want to say I am a, a Ooh, Mike sympathizer. Say it. Um, say it. But I did feel like that this was a little cold from Rachel of that a I have little. to make a list of the pros and the cons. Like, Rachel, I totally get it. Like, hey, this is a big decision. I need to think about it. But, you know, I need to be making the decision about the pros and the cons. I think what the show really hasn't done is like give us like plausible deniability for Rachel to say, no, I'm actually going to go to Stanford because it is a much better law school than Columbia. Like she's not choosing between Stanford and Harvard. You know, she's mm. choosing between Stanford and, and Columbia. So like other than like, hey, like I don't know about this relationship. I want out. Like I can't handle like living this lie that I mean, that's the only thing that we can take away is why she would want to go to Stanford over Columbia. Right. It's like if different law schools focus on different like law concentrations and types of law, then it's like, oh yeah, she really wants to do this law and Stanford's the best place that she should be for that. Uh, or she needs to be at Columbia, but it doesn't do, it doesn't necessarily have her major. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. if it was something like that, then we'd be like, oh, okay. I could see why she would want to put this off, but it does feel like Rachel's decided I want to be an extremely logical human today. Uh, I have not been moving with logic at all prior to this. I've been like, if you don't love me, just say that all for three seasons. Like, tell me your secret. I can't tell you my secret. It'll, it'll ruin everything. I hate you, Mike Rush. You hate me. I'm not good enough for you. Like, that is how she's been moving. Now, all of a sudden, this man says, I love you. I don't want you to leave. You have a college option near me. And she goes, well, I do kind of weigh those, though. Like, what? I mean, like, mm -hmm. taking you out of the equation. It's yeah. like, this man just told you the secret to his life. He gave you the key to everything that he has going on. And you're like, yeah, but aside from that, have you, have you seen the campus at, St at mm -hmm. Stanford? Like, have you been there? They're like, I need to take a tour. I think I was going to talk to one of the advisors. It's law school. It's yeah. law school. Do you want to go to law school or not? I mean, do you want to be with this man or not? So I'm kind of with Mike on this one. I get that it is understandable to weigh your options, but it's not understandable for Rachel Zane to weigh her options. She has never moved like this before. Right. This is the first time we've ever seen her like Douglas. Because the conversation for her is that, do I want to, do I love this man enough that I want to be an accessory to this criminal enterprise, uh, which would be a life with a person posing as a lawyer, or do I want to pull the emergency exit break? Those are two yeah, different but things. Even, yeah. But even if she was uh, posing the question like that, I think I would still, I would care more, right? If she was like, okay, Mike, it's tough being, you know, the Bonnie to your Clyde, I might go take a break and come back or whatever. How do you feel about that? I think even Mike would be like, I get that. I get yes. that. Yeah. We're, doing some, we're doing some wild stuff here. But she's more like saying like, but it's Stanford, Mike. It's such yeah. a big decision. Like it's in a Stanford vacuum. or Columbia. No, it's like right. being, with, being <laughs> in love with the, the criminal or getting out while I can. Yeah, yeah. He's like in the Christy Smith, uh, like, uh, like, hmm, what move can I make? Which one will make me the sole survivor? How do I get further? It's like, Rachel, what the hell are you talking about? Mm -hmm. What the hell are you talking about? He's right here. The man is right here. And Mike, Mike was being a little whiny. Like, he acts like long-distance relationships don't work. Fine, whatever. That's a very popular notion. What's not a popular notion is this man just gave me his the biggest secret ever. And I have a viable college option here. Uh, and I can keep my job essentially while I go do that. I don't really know if she yeah. can keep her job while she goes to law school. I don't know, I don't know the rigor, the rigor. But at the same time, 
Now you're about to just leave that because another school said yes. Because that's all we're getting is, but Stanford said yes. People don't say yes to me a lot. I got to go see. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Also, like so uh, Rachel is going to try to parlay this uh, affidavit into going to Jessica and say, I want you to waive the Harvard rule for me. I want to work for you. I actually did like this. Uh, we have seen very little between Rachel and Jessica in three seasons. And for her to say like, hey, I want to work for you. Like I want to, you know, that you're the person, Jessica, that, you know, we've, I think that that would be an interesting storyline to explore mm -hmm. of that, you know, why isn't the, why isn't Rachel the Mike to Jessica's Harvey? Oh, yeah. I, I think that'd be pretty dope. I think, yeah, because Jessica's Mike is Harvey, right? But mm -hmm. Harvey is now a name partner. And so Jessica probably needs a Mike. And mm -hmm. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that Rachel would be very good at that. I think that, you know, she's now roped in on this secret. She signed the document. And if she worked here, I think Jessica could count on her. The, pro the only problem would be the conflict between Robert Zane and Rachel Zane. You know, I've, as Robert is a competing partner uh, at a different firm, uh, name partner that is you know like I feel like if I'm Jessica I'm probably looking for somebody who I can count on to be a little bit more cutthroat in those moments but I do think that Rachel needs a bigger part in the legal aspect of this show because right now her being Mike Ross's love interest is just kind of tired yeah. and she just she just be moving weird as a love interest honestly it does this, this should not have been a big ass uh, <laughs> debate like it was yeah and if Jessica just sat down with Rachel for like 10 minutes she would know that she's not like blindly loyal to her father and like feeding back all of like the company business to Robert Zane. I think Jessica really has no real animosity towards Robert Zane. I mean, she did attempt to want to merge with his firm. Uh, so I think they have a good like working relationship. And so having Rachel as like somebody that she could be having as like another confidant in the building. I mean, it seems like that Jessica seems to have almost no rapport with anybody else that works at Pearson, uh, Spectre, Darby, Hardman, whatever other than, you know, hanging out with Harvey all the time. Like, I think that this would be a good move for her. Now that you mention it, maybe not. Because you want somebody who could be loyal to you. Mike Ross is loyal to Harvey. He, he is established. They're like, no, Jessica, I don't care. You have to fire me and kill me. I'll I take the bullet, you know. Um, Rachel Zane will never be able to give that to Jessica. Why? Because she's always going to be more loyal to Mike. And Mike is loyal to Harvey. And mm -hmm. so there's no world where Rachel Zane is going to go in and just, Jessica says, okay, you better not tell goddamn Mike Ross a thing. And she's like, okay, like, stop it. Rachel don't fold like a damn lawn chair. And <laughs> so, uh, so here, yeah, it, she needs one, but I don't think Rachel is it. Through further investigation, this ain't the one. Yeah, okay. Then we ultimately ended on Rachel telling Mike uh, that, hey, like, I can't leave you. Like, I'm going to be here. I don't need hey. a list to tell me uh, I don't want to be without you. Like, well, it seemed like you did, ma'am. You acted like you needed a list. You I'm just literally sorry. Like, did make a list. <laughs> right. Y'all had sex in the office. You had sex with an off in the office with a man who just told you he'd been lying about his identity for the the, mm -hmm. the course of however long y'all have known each other without second thought. You were just like, yes, do it. Let's go. Take me out. And but this man comes to you with like legit, like, okay, I love you. You have an option. Everything's making sense. You're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I need to make a list. So yeah, um, I'm glad she got there, but it shouldn't have taken this long. Okay. Lewis has the return of 
Sheila's ass and they are working on maybe a new associate for Lewis. Um, and things are going, things are going very well. There's a new candidate, but ultimately that Sheila wants Lewis to play hooky from work. He's like, no, I got to get back to work. And all of a sudden Sheila changes. She's not like that anymore. No. Um, they have uh, some sexy time because that's what they do. Um, looking over Harvard stuff, it's very much an aphrodisiac for those two people. Um, there's also some built-in aphrodisiacs, and that Lewis really likes to look at photos of Lewis, uh, <laughs> you know, on the ceiling, if you will, um, yeah, on the walls. Which kind of even. changes the way we feel about his office decor. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent because Lewis, what you? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and so, uh, yeah, they pop it off, and then afterwards, uh, she was like, I got you something. And he hands, uh, she hands him the uh, file of an associate, uh, for named Brian Galloway. He's like, Hey, this is for you. But in the meantime, you know, like now that we've gotten that out the way, why don't you hang out? Uh, let's see what we got going on. There's a Mastodon exhibit from Bangkok, you know, <laughs> that might slow you down. You want know, a Bangkok? Anybody, mm-hmm. anything about that you want that sticks out to you? And he's like, yeah, I got to go. Sorry. But she's like, but I really want to talk about the exclusivity of these associates with you. You know, like only you, you should mm-hmm. not go. And he's like, but I got to go. So sorry. Bye. And so throughout the episode, she's like trying to just like just subtly, but not subtly at all. Bring him in into the idea of I don't want you going anywhere and being with anybody else. I want to do these nice things for you because we should be exclusive together. And Lewis is dumb. And so he doesn't realize it until three fourths of the way through the episode. Yeah. And he has like a Eureka moment. He's like, Oh my God. Yeah. She, she wants me to be exclusive. And so that she says, if you know where to find me, uh, that that's where I'll be. Come find me tomorrow night. And so Lewis Mm -hmm. is then on the hunt and then finds her. Is this her office? What, What is this place that she's at? Yeah, she has it set up like a war room where it has all her her files. But yeah, this is like the I guess Harvard her like har- archive room. This is yeah, the archive room, and she's like, you know, this is this is this is where the magic happens. You know, like this is she walks in, she she does a deep inhale like the rock. You're like, ooh, okay. Uh, there's Harvard magic being happened here. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Lewis is like, wow. You know, um, and and of course, Lewis. It makes sense to Lewis that Sheila would want to be with him because uh, she's been getting lit up repeatedly, and um, of course, she would want exclusive dominion over course, his body. What woman wouldn't? And so, yeah, they're able to finally talk, and Lewis is like, "Yes, exclusive. Yes, me and you. It's only me and you. I don't want you war rooming with anybody else. But also, I don't want you war rooming with anybody else, woman." And so she's like, "Thank you, Daddy." And so they have that conversation, and then uh, that's when she leaves him in the file room to uh, betray her, basically. He did exactly what she told him not to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is a hilarious moment when he is going through the files and he finds the <laughs> Harvey Specter and he's uh, with like a mullet and he's like, what a douchebag. I, I mean, he was given douchebag. Yes. Yeah. But that was law was school like, Harvey oh. Specter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Harvey's always been an asshole. You know, like, sir, sir cut your hair. Yeah. You know, like, why, why are you coming here looking like that? Stop it. Okay, so here's the question that's on my mind uh, with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've seen, uh, we've had flashback five years. We flashback 10 years. And I, I don't even want to look at you because I don't want you to give the answer away. Will we flashback to douchebag Harvey, uh, like Harvey at Harvard, Harvey high school, baseball pitching. I mean, it might be like laughable, like a Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump of him in high school. (laughs) 
But will we get will we get that at some point? I am going to say yes. That is going to be my prediction here on season three, episode 10, that we will someday flash back to douchebag Harvey. Do you think we bring in a douchebag Harvey stand in like a like an act, a young actor to play douchebag? No, Harvey? I kind of think that, that because of like that picture that they showed of him, I think that they can like like give him like a wig and like uh, give him like uh, crazy clothes enough that I think that uh, they could have Gabriel Mock do it. And that, but that is yeah. my guess right now. Yeah. Harvey and like his dazed and confused era. Mm-hmm. That would be yeah, 30 years greater. That's right. Yeah. OK. <laughs> Who gets the Liddy here for the season three mid-season finale? Hmm. It's tough. Uh, it is tough because a lot of them got put through the ringer in this episode to finally get to the, the good moments. So Mike Ross does get Rachel to stay. That's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, unbeknownst to him, did he Lewis do anything? Might be on the track. I mean, really, it was... I mean, he was- Involved in all the the you know the Ava Hessington. Well, of it but all, he was right? involved in the Ava Hessington of it all. But he didn't get Rachel to stay. If anything, it was like Jessica <laughs> gave Mike the affidavit that Rachel wanted to sign. In exchange for signing the affidavit, Rachel said that Jessica would waive the Harvard rule, which is what got her to stay. You know who you you know who gets this. You know who gets the Liddy. Who we haven't talked about, my girl Donna. Donna gets the Liddy. Yes. Because Donna goes to Mike and they talk about the deposition and how bad it was for Harvey because he had to watch Dana Scott get talked about. And she asked Mike if she can talk to Stephen uh, because Stephen Huntley is walking around perpetuating this lie that basically Scotty was in on all of this as well. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we forgot um, about this. Yeah. Yeah. And so when Donna and Mike go to see Stephen, they have this affidavit and um, <laughs> and they're able to say like, Hey, uh, Steven, yeah, is is it crazy if you made up this whole thing about like, you know, about Scotty and Scotty, like Steven's going back and forth with them like, uh, uh, you know, Edward Darby, he lied and said that we had a conversation. We didn't have any conversation. They're like, yeah, but the thing about Scotty is definitely not true, right? He's like, no, it's not true. I made it up. They're like, ha ha. Gotcha, bitch. Uh, because all of the uh, all of the uh, the conversations in these little rooms are recorded in this specific facility, and so now they have his admission of guilt on camera. Uh, and he kind of was under the impression that they had come to him almost like lawyers, you know, like that. So normally when you're in these conversations, I'm assuming you're talking to your own, um, you know, legal representation. So it's privilege, right? But because Mike and Donna come in and they lie, uh, and because it's Donna, he gives up the goods, and uh, they have it on tape, and they can. Use Use that to save Scotty. And so I really think, although we kind of glanced over the Donna yeah. storyline, this was her masterstroke. Okay, give Donna the Liddy. That's a really good point by you. But I have to say that I, I felt like that this made Stephen Huntley come off like such a buffoon. And I, I thought that it was a little unbelievable that he would just be like, all right, I, I admit it. Like I lied about the whole thing. All right, I made it all up. What do you want from me? And it's like, hey. Yeah. Like it's not like that he's like a run of the mill criminal. Like he too is a lawyer. He is Edward yeah. Darby's fixer. He's supposed to be the British Harvey. He doesn't know that these conversations are recorded in this prison, or uh, he doesn't know that these aren't actually his lawyers. 
I think that he was just too comfortable. I think that they were able to smoke and mirrors him enough to where he just got like a little relaxed because when it's Mike and Donna, he's like, y'all aren't my lawyers. And they're like, yeah, exactly. But Mike is not like, he's not, he's not feeling comfortable. So Donna's like, Mike, can you, can you step out? I need to be emotional mm-hmm. for a second. So Mike goes out and Stephen Huntley's like, oh, here's this woman being emotional. Like, yeah, I lied, but I would have never lied. You know, I, I wasn't trying to hurt you, you know, but I did lie about Scotty and that's none of, that, that doesn't matter to us. Like, why, why does that concern you? And I guess he's not assuming that Donna, um, Harvey's secretary, is in on the whole caper, which is probably a misstep because she definitely was there when you got arrested and she was there when you got fired. So to think that Donna has now taken her uh, her foot off the gas of like making you pay, it does feel like a little buffoonery, I would say. And so that's why Stephen Huntley's in the position he's in, though. He yeah. is not Harvey. He is uh, a lackluster Should've version of Harvey. stuck to rugby, my guy. That part. Uh, mm-hmm. Or murder. You know, but uh, yeah, but lying doesn't seem to be his, uh, or his, his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or a hell of a dentist that guy was. Oral it's, hygienist. So yeah. All that's right. what he does. Okay. <laughs> Chappelle, uh, not a lot of uh, references here in this episode. Uh, did we get in? I'm sure we got something, right? Did you Dorian see, uh, Gray uh, is mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did mention Dorian Gray. Harvey said that he had the painting in his, uh, in his, in his office or, or whatever. And he was about to go stare at it or something like that for mm-hmm. breakfast. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, still more of Mike Ross just picking on Harvey and, um, his, uh, inability to open up and have a relationship and all this other stuff. Um, but no, I think that was pretty much the only one. There was like another one, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Not right. a lot. Chappelle. Uh, what's up? Yeah. Um, I don't have any feedback about this episode. And of course, uh, we invite everybody. Uh, look, if you get ahead, go to suitspodcast.com slash feedback for this one. If you want to uh, get in any feedback about the future. Uh, anything else that you want to mention here? I mean, we did get a five-star rating from uh, Stan Leary King. It says, best suits podcast on the web. Awesome. Oh, thank you for that. Remember, leave us some five-star rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and let us know how much you love the podcast because we are three seasons, three and a half seasons in, and uh, we want as many people to find the Suits content as possible. We also want to keep this party going and increase our numbers so that we have more associates and more partners um, in this suit podcast community so of course go yeah. to suitspodcast.com slash facebook to join the conversation on our facebook page as well well i've been in contact with sheila's ass and she is finding mm. more listeners for us that she is sending our way and so we will vet them and hopefully if they make it uh they can one day be in our facebook group at uh, suitspodcast.com slash facebook love that for us yes all right Chappelle, where could people keep up with you um People can follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. Or again, follow me on Instagram at Chappelle TNT and tell me that you found me from Suits. You know, uh, and listen, if you're an RHAP listener already, I probably already know who you are because I'd be paying attention to that kind of stuff. But if you found us in the Suits, uh, you know, Suits universe or something like that, come holler at me and say hi. Uh, you know, you never know what Rob and I or uh, any of the other RHAP slash Post Show Recaps podcasters are talking about that you might be interested in. So tap in uh, and see what we got going on in our own little community over here yeah we love getting suits chatter on the timeline so we hope to hear from you i'm at rob sesternino thank you so much for joining us take care everybody have a good one bye with 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.